Hello everybody, it's uh, Mark Davis back again. Um, just uh, thought I might have another chat with everyone about um, life in the Cat B prison uh, for staff. Sounds like I'm a prisoner then, doesn't it? Um, so yeah, we got on last time, we finished up talking about the colleagues and little incidents we went in. Um, I've got so many tales to tell in my head, but um, getting on a bit now, so I tend to forget some things now and again. I have to uh, wait a little bit till they pop back in my little brain. So, um, yeah, go back to um, when I first started on the wings on Mike Wing, which is the uh, detox induction, uh, first night wing, or induction wing as it's called now. Excuse me there, I just had to sneeze. Um, so yeah, I went on there, um, luckily I worked with some good staff who showed me the uh, job rather than just ignore me like that to some other new staff at start. Uh, luckily, I think my other colleague who was on the same outlook colleagues um, had the same experience really, but I can only talk about my own on, uh, on Mike Wing. Uh, so yeah, they taught me the job. They, they um, gave me some difficult situations where they watched me to see if I could do it. Because obviously I was there to have their backs as well as they to have my back. So they, they obviously wanted someone who would do the job. Uh, and I was willing to learn because I was in that mindset then that, you know, we all want to go home after our shift, uh, not via a trip to the hospital or worse. So yeah, it was good. Then uh, I learned a lot. Um, the best one was after the, I was on the wing a couple of weeks. These two, um, these two prisoners decided that they weren't going to lock up one day. Uh, so we did our usual. It was lock up. It was bang up time anyway. So I just followed the experienced officers and locked the rest of the wing up. And just ignored them till uh, they could have our whole attention. Um, because it was two of them, we needed more staff on the wing, but uh, we had, f I think we had four, maybe, at the time. So, uh, I can't remember which one of them, on one of them went to talk to him. Uh, obviously, I was just observing and watching. Um, and he was talking to him, and then they decided to, they was on the ones, so they decided... They were going to try and run upstairs and I didn't think anything of it and then obviously now I know they were going to run upstairs and try to get on the railings. Um, and I was stood at the back with um, Joe um, and I think it was Dave Mason and a lad from Lima Wing Ethan who, who'd come on the course with me and Jeff Bo Smith, so there's five of us. Um, and one of them come running down our side of the wing, and I'm just like, I don't have a clue what I'm going to do here, what what do we do? Uh, and then Joe just says, grab him. So I I did, basically. Um, but I didn't do it in a proper scene, are I? Just because I was a, a bit chubby, well, I'm still a bit chubby now, but so I just sort of like body checked him into the wall. Um, and then Joe come over and we, we, um, held him against the wall so we got more assistance then we we have to see and him. Uh, 
dropping to the floor. But my point is, I was like a rabbit, a rabbit in the headlights. I didn't have a clue what I was going to do, and um, it just Joe shouted me, just shouted stop him. So I was just instinct took over really. Um, but yeah, so we did that, and uh, then everyone piled on the wing, and he got carted off to seg, uh, segregation unit. Um, so I'm like, I didn't think nothing of it. I didn't even know how to do the paperwork at this time. I did, because I was shown in training, but, you know, a real-life thing, you're like, oh, God. But uh, people showed me how to do it, and I did it all. And um, um, we had uh, AD in charge of... Um, oh, God, what's, what's the name for it? I'd say a, the accommodation. I'll take, I can't remember what they call it now. Um, and she was a bit of a, a scary lady. Um, and everyone's ready to shout her in, being shouted in the office by her, so I'm travelling about doing my paperwork and back on the wing, and then I went in the bubble for some pa something, I can't remember what it was, and as I walked past, she shouts, Davis, get in here now. So I'm like, oh, God, what have I done? Did I do things wrong? Should I have done, you know, all these things go through your head? And... Um, she called me in the office and I'm stood there like, it's worse than when I was in the army and the sergeant major used to call us and he, he used to shit himself thinking, oh, he's going to rip me a new one here. Anyway, she called me in the office. Um, at the time, I didn't know that she'd called Joe in and um, uh, Jeff, because we were like the, the Mike Wing staff. I didn't know that. Uh, and she called me in and I'm stood there going, yes, yes, like little boy scared. And she just went, oh, well done there. Uh, you stopped um, the prison being, the regime being interrupted. You stopped them getting on the railing, so well done. Um, so I'm like, oh, yeah, thanks, Louise. She went, right, you can go now. So I'm like, okay. So I went and I just got on with work. Um, oh, you remember when I said they went down to SEG? Uh, me and Ethan took them down. Um, and we'd both been on the same course and we was like proper, like, yeah, we prison officer talking yeah we popped our cherry today and all that uh, so yeah that's how we looked at it but these two lads were all right they, they didn't struggle or anything once he got down it's just another one of them and they just know we're doing our job stopping them getting on the railings because that could have gone on with two on the railings that could have gone on for hours and the wing would be locked down and if it got worse the else spot would have got in but it all went on so yeah, we went back in the office, got on with our work. Uh, a few days later, uh, we got called up to um, the governor's office or the, in the private sector, it's called director. Uh, got called up there um, and we got presented with a certificate and 50 quid. Because in them days, you used to give you cash if you'd done something good. So I'm thinking, well, I'm working in a prison here, lots of kickoffs, you get 50 quid every time. Well, we are out of this. <laughs> um, it stopped not long after that because there's that many scraps, they would have gone bankrupt probably. <laughs> yeah, they did that at uh, one point about drugs. If anyone found any drugs, they got like 50 quid. Um, and then one day, there was uh, a find on the yard. It was um, a sock filled with phones. Um, SIM cards, drugs, everything, and we're like, people are like, oh, look at that, 50 quid, and there was six phones in his sock. It's like, 300 quid, wow, 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 never seen it. No one ever seen it. I think they realised, uh, yeah, the bite off more than you can chew there. So 
So yeah, that stopped. So in them days, it, yeah, you got sort of like rewarded. Uh, there was another time we, we had um, um, monkey dust on the wing. It was horrendous. I, I mean, go into that further up. But uh, it was a few years after, and we got um, a little piece, a little cardboard saying "Thank you" and a ten pound voucher um, for sort like keeping control of that and. It's like, yeah, I've still got the voucher in my drawer somewhere. Oh, oh, I don't really, I was doing my job, mate. And uh, 50 quid in cash would have been good like last time, but a £10 voucher? No. So, uh, yeah. So that's how it deteriorated a little bit. Um, but it was good, it was, we had, uh, we just got on with that on my ring and I'll, I'll just watch how the experienced staff works and just try to copy what they do. So it was, uh, yeah, good, good times really, uh, very learning experience, a lot of trouble. Um, and like I was saying about the um, working relationship with some prisoners and, and especially um, the wing workers who were on my wing, uh, this troublesome, trouble cars that come on the wing, you probably like some of the people you talk to on, year on these podcasts you know big big i am bigging it up trying to get um, a name for himself um and one day he was in the dinner queue and he didn't like the soup he got so he's moaning about it so the female excuse me a minute female officer we're on shift with was like listen mate calm down you you know if you don't want it pour it away so he threw it at this female member of staff so straight away we was on him and we we uh, escorted him to his cell. Uh, we locked his door, um, put him behind his door. Obviously he's going to get nicked. So if you you put on report for that, you get locked behind your door until um, because it wasn't it didn't um, merit a CNR. He just we just, he threw the suit. We got him, put him behind his door. Um, so we did that anyway. Well, on my wing, because they used to give him the drugs through the slidey window on the door at night. Uh, so we used to have to have slidey windows. Of course, these people broke them so they could chat at night. Uh, and we was waiting for them to be repaired. We kept putting in for them to be fixed and everything. I mean, we was putting, for the, for the troublesome ones, we was putting plastic, Spoons on the outside to lock it and all stuff like that. It was mad. Um, and considering the prison was only, what, 10, 12 years old then, you think, well, I couldn't get it fixed with it anyway. Um, so the, the slidey windows were broke. And what um, what had happened, because he'd um, tried, to, or tried to assault a female officer, uh, a lot of the prisoners walked past and were just throwing piss through his window at him. Um, and Mr Naive here didn't know this. I didn't realise this because I didn't know stuff like that. Right now. Um, when I was banging up, when I used, we used to bang up, we used to shut the windows. I mean, it, it was no point because the opening, but it was just um, it was automatic, I suppose. And I just learnt off them, slammed the door, the window. So as a lot, I went up to his door, it was already locked because he was behind his door. Um, I shut his window, 
and all this book piss just run down my hand. They're like, oh God. And one of ours said, Mark, that's piss. I'm like, oh, yeah, but. So I'm like, yeah, okay. So the female got suit thrown out and I got pissed down my hand, but yeah, there's uh, one of the other little things that happen on the wing and when you're a new officer, you don't realise. So yeah, I learnt a bit of that day as well. But my point is, at the time, the prisoners didn't know don't touch if it was me they wouldn't they probably wouldn't have bothered they probably laughed um but because it was a female that's what happened um and i don't know to this day through your eyes sorry through the window but yeah that's what happened um i think he got moved off he got his nick in got moved off the wing and um i think word had followed him that he attacked a female officer because he didn't have a very uh, pleasant time on the other wing but uh, that's just how it was in them days. Uh, that, you know, the little thing the prisoners had about, you know, you don't touch female officers. Probably kick shit out of us, but not the female officers. Um, that's all changed now, I'm afraid, but I'll go back onto that later on. Um, because I know I keep jumping subjects here and it's not very good. <coughs> Excuse me. So uh, that was one incident I had on my wing. I told you about the one-legged man uh, and the the fight in the wing. Um, so yeah, but the thing is, prisoners still, even though they had a bit of respect and he was quite happy on our wing because he felt a bit safe, they were still trying stuff on. Um, I think in the five years I worked there, I think we only had each on the wing once and we found it. Um, because, I mean, I'm not saying they weren't in there, I'm just saying we only ever found one and we didn't see any uh, hints that we had any on the wing. Uh, it was once I got someone, had a secret word with me and told me that there was each on the wing and they gave me a name. Now, the name they gave me, it was this prisoner, it was one of the magic roundabout prisoners who was always coming in and out and... He still did, well, he's not doing it now because apparently he's died, but um, he was always coming in and out. He was one of them, I don't know if I've talked about this in the first one, he's one of them where, where the system fails people, where he's this lad's homeless, he's a drug addict, he goes shoplifting to get money for drugs, he gets caught, he gets put in prison for a month, and then they kick him out with nothing, no support, no money, so what's the first thing he does when he goes out? But back on the shoplifting. So he's in and out a lot. Um and he was he was a bit of a character, but to me he was yeah, he just had to live the life that he was dealt. So they give me this name and I'm like <sighs> But then I thought, do you know what, he's the type of person who'll hide it for someone if they offer him a bit of drugs or some at the time we had tobacco or some burn. Um because he'd come on the wing once and just stood there and said, I'll suck anyone off for some burn. Um, so anyone who knows this person who's listening will know what his nickname was after that. But anyway, so I thought, at first I thought, nah. And then I thought, you know, he might be hiding it for someone. So um, I went into his cell and I said, I've heard that you've been making some moves, mate. If you want to give it me now, we'll call it quits. He's like, no, Mark, I haven't got any. You can search myself. 
which wasn't hard because he never had anything. So I could have searched the cell, but I thought... Because uh, a lot of officers, and, and I got it myself later on in my career, you go in a cell and the normal everyday brewers, some excellent brewers though, that you would, you can smell it as soon as you walk it door. And I think that's why we didn't get much on Mike Wing because they knew we come in every day. Uh, and we searched everywhere every day, like the kitchens, the laundry, everywhere every day. We did, we kept it uh, on top of everything. So, all right, fair enough, mate. Just, I've just heard, that's all, and, and now I'm satisfied. Uh, and I still had this niggle in my head. And I went to, right, I did my walk around the wing, as we, we all did, every one of us on the wing. Um, and I noticed that the dustbin was still, had not been emptied. Because like, all these wing workers were on the bar, they, they emptied the wings all the time because they didn't want to stink on the wing. And I noticed, and there was some prison clothes on top of that. Nobody throws the prison clothes away in here because that's all they've got. And I lifted these clothes up and what? There's a bag of hooch in the bin. So I'm thinking, God, this is a lot of paperwork, this. So I put the clothes back on and I was mentoring a new officer. So he says, oh yeah, I'll give you some practice, just check that bin. Because I've heard there's a bit of hooch on wing and I don't know if it's in the bin and I'll go and check the other bin. So of course she lifted his clothes, oh Mark, Mark, I found some hooch. I went, oh that's brilliant, get it off the wing, but you'll have to do the paperwork. So, uh, yeah, so that was my training to teach you how to do the paperwork. Um, if you're listening, Gracie, you'll know what I mean. <laughs> um, I got that off someone when we did a C&R once on a prisoner uh, and this experienced officer helped us and he went, oh, my back, you'll have to take over to someone. Someone's like, yeah, I'll take over you. And he went, right, you can do the paperwork now, I'm off. And he was not wrong with him, he just wouldn't want to do the paperwork. Um, so yeah, a lot of us didn't like paperwork, um, and Gracie was uh, dead chuffed all week that she'd found this hooch on the wing. And we're not, everyone said, oh, we never found hooch on my wing, well done, yeah, yeah. I thought, yeah, good girl, I'll let her have the praise, it's all right. So yeah, it's um, all the tricks of the trade I learned, and then I passed them on to my people I mentored. So, um, yeah. Gracie was alright, she was good. Uh, she was a bit timid at first, but uh, then one day I heard someone said something to her and she went off on one of them and I was like, yes. She proper shot bollocking his prisoner for what he said to her, so I just stood back and thought, yeah, she can handle herself, she'll be good. But it took her a couple of weeks. We, to be fair, mate, that's, that's fair. Um, if someone went in first day shouting at people, we'd be a bit worried about them that they're going to get a... Uh, us or the cells hurt because ones officers with attitude like that the ones that uh, get a pile of poo poured on them and stuff like that um so uh, it was good that she did it but in the end she proper went off on one and i, I praised her till the hill so that's what you got to do mate that's your boundaries now your boundaries are if you go there and say that they know you're gonna go ape shit at them and that was, um, yeah, most of lads liked um, Gracie. She was a good girl. Um, but I think it broke her in the end. She left in the end. 
um, which was sad really because she would have been a good officer but um, I'll come to the the reason probably that broke her later on but uh, yeah she was a good officer um, I had quite a few um, so uh, that was an, that was one story um, the other one we, we had the, <laughs> this lad come in and, and, and by this time Jace, my mate Jace was on the wing as well because um, Ryan had got had moved down to work in the segregation unit so Jace come on the wing and we got this proper mad prisoner he got transferred his proper nuts mate he'd be all the other prisoners kicked him out because he was always assaulting staff and he was always kicking off and um so he he had an issue with Jay straight away and Jay doesn't like back down he's a good officer he doesn't back down because if you back down they've got you so he never backs down but anyway this back and forth was going on and he was locked behind his door and I went, I was trying to talk to him through his door and Jace was sat downstairs just minding his own business, sat downstairs watching the wing and I was talking to this lad at the gate, at the, the door and the next thing he smashes the, smashes the glass, I'm glad I wore glasses because all that glass was smashing into my face. Um, and he's like, you, you bastard, to Jace. And Jace was like doing that, he was sat there, he was doing an act, he was writing an act up. And the next thing, I, luckily I stood back because his glass was all over me. And I'm bald, so it wouldn't have been in my hair, but um, this fuck telly come flying through the window. And over the railings, and before I could shout Jace, it smashed. Luckily it missed Jace and it smashed on the floor. And he's fucking so I went to him and I said, are you, are you mad? So what have you done that for? He said, I hate it. I said, why did you hate him? Oh, I said, mate, you don't hate him. I said, he's the lad that could save your life later if you can bang your head or something. I said, why, do you, why are you like that with him? He said, oh, I just don't like him. I said, oh, mate, you're going to have to move off the wing then because he's going to work on it. He ain't going to move. Um, yeah, this is what you're up against. Yeah. Like I said, Jace was sat downstairs, minding his own business, and I could tell you just... But oh, I'm glad I wore glasses, because that, that could have gone in my eyes. Um, so, uh, these are the things you're up against, so... Yeah. Um, so, it's not all uh, get on with everyone. We always get people on. Uh, don't know if I mentioned the one that come up. Reception had sent him up, let him walk up to the wing in his dressing gown. I was like, what the so um, I took him upstairs and the um, Oscar one was there because he'd been gobbing off in reception so they'd walked him up. So um, by this time, because of demand, we had to put people, double cells. So I got to this cell and he's like, I opened the door, I said, there you go. Yeah, I'm going in there, I'm not sharing with him. I said, mate, you've got no choice, you're going in there. Um, He's like, no, I'm not, no, I'm not. And he come right in my face and he's like, no, we had our battens by this time. But <coughs> so I just stood there. I never backed down because I'm an idiot. Um, I said, mate, you're going in there. You get in my face all you like, but you're going in there. You either go in there or I will put you in there. I'm not bothered either way. Um, so he tries to get on the railings. Well, of course, he's got a dressing gown on, so it's quite easy to yank him back. 
And he's like, yeah, he's give it right in my face, give me shit. I said, mate, move away. Um, he says, oh, what? I said, because you're in my space, so I'm quite entitled to initiate seeing all on you. Oh, fuck, uh, rah, 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 rah. He's giving it out, but he still went behind the door, he shut the door. And my, uh, the manager at the time, he was an AD now, um, he said, Mike, you was quite entitled to get your baton out then, because he was that close to you. I said, but I don't need to get my baton out. And I didn't, in all the years I worked there, I never, ever got my baton out, ever. Um, I got it out once when I worked in the Caribbean at the Turks and Caicos, but that'll come later. And everyone who knows me on here will be like, oh, Turks and Caicos again. But yeah, unfortunately, I'm going to tell a story about it, so tough. And you can't even stop me. Um, so he got in there and then found out that the lad he was sharing with, he knew it had come up together, so it was quite all right. But this is what I like, they, they try and stamp their authority and they oh yeah, I'm coming at you. No mate, you're on the wing where we rule the wing, not you, and you, you do as you talk. And I would have put him behind his door, but he must have known that because he backed down uh, and went behind his door. But I weren't going to get my baton out, so why? To me, if I get my baton out, I mean, people will disagree with this, but I don't really care. I've failed. It's like, I don't know if I mentioned it, probably have, <laughs> but I did, uh, as it was called in them days, obviously negotiate a course, uh, and I was the same there. If if the team had to go in and get them out, and pick, I thought I'd failed. But actually, the initial thing of a negotiator is just to keep people talking till... People can go in, but um, I always like to get them out, and I've gone off, I've gone off menu again, haven't I? Um, so yeah, there was all stuff like that going on. There was, remember once there was um, this lad come on, bit of a big lad, tall lad. Um, we found out later he was a sex offender, but we didn't know about at the time, um, and he was going around bullying. You know, the older men, the over 50s we had on the wing and stuff like that. And getting stuff off him and making him like remote control and he'd get that and he'd sell it. So um, one of the older chaps told me about this. So I'm like, oh, I'm not having that. So um, <laughs> I went to his door. I dropped the lock. Everyone dropped the lock in prison. When you go in a prison's door, that's your safety. Um, but then again, you shouldn't be going in on your own, but um, yeah. So I went in, dropped the lot, went to see him, said, yeah, mate, I've heard you bullying the uh, old men. He's like, no. I said, mate, don't lie to me, I know you are. I said, I'll tell you what, I'm an old man, because I was like 50-odd then. I said, I'm an old man, and I'll, you bully me and you'll see what happens. I said, I'll tell you what, you've got five minutes, I'm going to go away, I'm going to go in the office and have a brew. When I come back, I want these old men to tell me that you've given the fucking stuff back. He's like, yeah, 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 what, about what? I said, well, all right, mate. I'm being fair, I'm giving you five minutes. So I went back in the office and I told my colleagues what was going on. So just in case he kicked off. Um, I had a brew, so it was more than five minutes, but uh, give or take. I had my brew, went down and says, and as I was walking down, he's blah, 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 said, oh, cheers, Mark, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went and said, give it more back, have you? He went, yeah, yeah, honest go get them all back. I said, what about the stuff you fucking sold? I said, you better get them some chocolate or something off your canteen. So then as I was walking out, he said, 
club I was going to, uh, I weren't going to do it, but some of the other prisoners told me not to fuck with you and the staff on the wing, so that's why I said, yeah, now you've learnt your lesson, buddy. Remember, on this wing, we own the, we own the wing, not you. You can't be doing what you want on here. And, uh, yeah, but that's what I learnt off of the staff. I'm not taking any praise for it. It's just how it was every day, and it was just a natural thing for me to, after I watch them do what they do. Um, yeah, and uh, the other one with this this lad come on. Um, nothing, he had nothing. Came in, had nothing. Uh, so we settled him in. He, he, um, he was a bit of a knob, but... Um, I worked with a few people with bits of knobs and all. Not on my wing, before all of them come after. Um, and I would not... We were noticing... Over a few days, he kept doing his LBBs and he had more stuff in his cell. And he was getting quite luxurious in his cell. And like, um, I was thinking, to be honest, he was doing favours for people and getting paid because we've had that before. That's another story. Um, and the experienced staff says, you know, we're going to have to go and turn him over because when he come in... Turned him over to me, search himself, not like violence. Um, so I'm like, oh, okay. And then I realised, yeah, <laughs> probably what's going on. Um, so we went in his cell. Oh, my God. There were bags of heroin and all kinds of stuff all over the place. He'd come in, packed up. Um, and obviously he got it out when he uh, got in his cell. And he was selling it on a wing. But obviously these people don't have money. So he was getting like goods off him and his his pad was becoming like a little palace. He had new trainers on floor and people were getting new clothes sent in and giving him in for smack and stuff like that. Uh, and then when we got him down to SEG and uh, they did what they do in SEG with him, you know, like the toilet where he can check what's in there. It was coming out of his arse like snow. Uh, he had loads of it up there. So, you know, this is a, a, what they're doing and... I wouldn't have even thought that was happening because I was still quite new at the time, but the people on the wing, they knew, you know, what to look out for. Same on canteen day. If someone gets a big canteen and then you go to cell and there's no left, he's obviously either being bullied or paying debt. So uh, we have to find out, really, because we're not having bullying on the wing. Um, so, yeah, things were oh, all the time. So uh, constantly, even though we own the wing, they, them we still up to stuff, and I'm not saying we caught them all the time, but uh, we did. I think we did a good job, especially like the Uchers stuff, because they knew we were coming in every day, and you can you can smell it as soon as you walk through the door. And most of them, some of the good brewers, you you wouldn't have a clue, wouldn't have a clue. You no smell. They have bottles of water. I'm doing thinking. Um, once we did a self spin, not on, on our wing, on another wing, we we assisted the staff. Um, couldn't find anything, no smell, nothing. We went out, and luckily one of the um, experienced staff were like, yeah, have you checked that water? Because he had these bottles of water. Uh, like, no, we'll just check that. And I thought, you know, winding me up, because, yeah, but anyway, oh, it, Jesus. It was ooch, but it was that clear, and you could only smell it when you had the lid off. It was like pure. It's like, wow, I wouldn't have known that. 
So obviously every time I ever did a nooch run, it was, everything got checked. To my detriment once, I thought it was being clever, because some of them in them days, I don't know if they still did it, but they used to fit, get five gallon drums of what, fill them with water and use them like weights. Um, so obviously after this, I'm like, yeah, go on, you're not getting past me. So I went in his cell, this lad was there, and I knew him, and I knew he was a bit of a fitness fanatic, but they shouldn't have these big drums because obviously people provoking them. So I'm like, listen, I'm going to have to set them because people know they're in there now and they've seen them. Because part of your thing with them sometimes, you know them well, they go, oh, fucking hell, go on, leave it. But and then I'm thinking, because of this, I'm thinking, yeah, you're ballot. So I opened this water and this water had been in for fucking months. Oh my God, I was nearly sick. <laughs> it stink off this water. <laughs> so yeah, and this moral of the story is, Get someone else to open it now. <laughs> Don't open the big drum, just take them outside. Take them to security and let them open them. Uh, so, yeah, oh, my God, it's stuck with it. I couldn't drink water for ages because I could just smell that. But good job, I like strong coffee because that went down better. So, yeah, all this was going on. It was like, it was constantly on it. But that's what officers should be. We should be, you should be on it. And, and I... I went and done shifts on other house blocks and staff was sat in the office all day and went, do you know what's going on on your fucking wing? And I used to walk around like I did on my wing, like I was taught, and uh, they were going, oh, walk. even the prisoner got, oh, what are you walking about for? I said, making sure you lot are behaving. Uh, but they weren't used to it because they'd sit in the office having tea and having a laugh and they wouldn't bother. I mean, on one wing, they only come out to lock them up. They left them out all day, like at weekend. Left them on the wing all day, they didn't even come out. They were going, when I was taught, you go out and you do exercise, you walk around the exercise yard first before you let them out to make sure there's no holes in the fence, nothing's been thrown over, you know, just a security check. I goes on to somebody else lot, they open the door, shout exercise, let them all out, then they go and sit in the office. No officers outside of them. So where are your assaults going to happen or your drug passes or your kite passes or whatever. You know I'm watching them. Oh, we've got cameras. I mean, I worked in comms, mate. The cameras, they're good from a distance, but they're not close-ups. They are now, but they weren't in them days. So, what? And then I think how good I was shown how to do my job because people were going that house lot and they would start, you know, just lock them up when they're ready, don't bother about what's going on. So, and, and these are the house lots where we're getting... Uh, alarms pressed and fights all the time and stabbings all the time. Big, and we used to think, why? Um, well, I knew why. And at one point, they wanted to move all of my wing staff to one of these troublesome house blocks to sell it out for them. And we're like, but then they'll just come on our wing and fuck our wing up what we've worked hard to do. So in the end, they didn't send us. But this is how they try and deal with it. They send the good staff who've got the wing sorted out and put them on a wing to sort it out, but put the idiots on our wings and they fuck it up. So when we come back, yeah, start again. So uh, luckily we had a good manager then, Charlotte Baker, she's like, no, you're not taking them. Um, Charlotte, love Charlotte, she's brilliant. She was, I knew Charlotte when she was a prison officer, now she's a, a director and she's absolutely fantastic. Um, she wouldn't 
said, no, you're not sending him. So, uh, luckily, we stayed on the wing, or on the house block, because, but saying that, all, most of the other four wings on house block three were the same. It was like an officer's house block, really. Um, we did get, you know, we, they had good orderlies on every wing, really. I mean, don't get me wrong, we know some of the orderlies get up to little things on the wing because they've got a bit of freedom and they'll clean us out all day. and You know, we know, but it's it, it's just prison life, isn't it? You, you just got to, you expect it. It's like when they told us we were drugs free on the wing and we all laughed because, you know, you never drugs free in a prison. It's always going to be there. <coughs> I mean, we were fortunate because a lot of our lads didn't, on our wing, didn't have a penny to rub together, so... If somebody had a phone, they wouldn't have made money out of it because no one could afford to wear. Uh, to have the phone, um, I'm not saying we didn't have a phone, but we never found one. Um, and we did do intensive shit. We had LBBs in our cell spins, we done proper. Um, I remember when a manager come on once to do a, because every now and again the manager comes on to check you're doing it right. Uh, and everybody except me got 100% because I forgot to tap tap the eating system to see if it sounded hollow. I forgot, so I only got 95. Um, yes, piss taken out me for a while, but I was quite impressed I got 95. Um, but when everyone else gets 100, you know, uh, you're like still bottom of the class, aren't you? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was good times and I learned off some good people. Um, and to be fair, every day in the prison you learn something because if you think you know it all, then it's not happening. Um, another time we got this lad on, uh, came in the prison, uh, gave us the old bullshit, didn't really tell us what he'd done. And we didn't know that at the time because in them days it was all done on greens. So we didn't like, know what a lot of them were in for for a few days. And uh, he seemed to have a bit of respect on the wing and all that, so um, I gave him a job as a cleaner. This was not straight away, it was after a while. Because to my detriment, I didn't used to look at what people had done because I didn't want to judge him. I wanted to, you know, help him, get him inducted in prison, move him on next. Um, and this was one of them times that I got taught, or I learnt the lesson to just have a quick glance at what they've done. Because this anyway, I gave him this job, uh, and I was on I was on my day off. And uh, I got a phone call off um, one of the senior members of staff on my wing and he said, Mark, why have you give this prisoner a job? And I said, Oh well I'll give me it you know, I said, Well it seems a good lad and uh, he's a good cleaner, so she said, Did you know that um he broke into an old woman's house? battered her um, and robbed her and left her for dead on the floor but she didn't die oh, for fuck's sake she said so we're taking his job off him and all the prisoners know what he's done now because it was in the paper so he's got to go to the VP wing oh crap so yeah I got a little telling off and um, I learnt a lesson again that day um, not to just give jobs willy nilly but saying that um, I did it with one lad, um, I could, uh, Gary, I won't say his full name, uh, 
he was a pro he was another roundabout prisoner but he just couldn't cope being locked up. So again, I thought, you know what, I'll give him a job. And he gave him a job, he said, come on mate, you're part time cleaner. You get on the wing, do a few hours out on so I said, but I'll tell you now, if I see you running about not working, I'll bang you up and you're not getting a job. You you've lost your job. He's like, No Mark, all lay down, all lay down. Like, all right, Dad, I'll trust you. But just be aware I'll bang you up if if you're messing about and running around the cells and shit like that. I said, go and have a chat with your mates after you've worked. I don't mind that. I said, but don't don't let me come out in the wings in shit state and you'll start out of window chatting. No, Mark, no. And you know what? Brilliant. Fantastic. You know, it's clean the wing every day. Just go out with the brush straight away. You're no messing about. Um, brilliant. Um, and I got questioned again. I said, look, Take responsibility. I've given him a job just to try and help him to calm down because he he weren't a kick off merchant. Was oh, I was at his door. Go go. Can I have this? Can I have that? Can I use the phone? So I thought if he's out, he's only a couple of hours a day. You know what I mean? And he's happy then. He goes by and he probably falls asleep all afternoon because he's never worked in his life. So oh, all right then, go on then. So we let him out, and it brilliant. And he was dead. Dead chuck, oh, Mark, no one's ever given me a chance. I said, well, don't blow it. I mean, you can lose your job as easy as you got it, mate. Don't blow it on me, especially on my days off. If I'm on my days off and I find out you've been pissing about or he found you off your tits on something, then you're done, mate, I swear to God. No, Mark, no, never. I'm like, okay. What happened? The monkey dust come in. And what happened? Gaz took it. He couldn't resist because that was his drug of choice on the out. And so, right, so obviously he lost his job and everything. He got released anyway, he only did a couple of months. And all the times he come back in, he mentions, I mean, I worked in reception and he come in, oh, there's Matt, give me a job, the only screw who's ever trusted me. Saved my life, he did, that man. And, and one day he come in and his prison was probably giving me a bit of shit. But it's what we expect, isn't it? He didn't bother me. Next thing, Gazzy's on him. Punching his head in, say, don't you talk to Mark like that. He saved my life for a while. I have to run round and grab gas off him. Um, but yeah, little things, and, and they remember. Uh, I have it a lot when I worked in reception, like, oh, you still here, you old bastard, you used to call me that. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I said, good, screw him. Good, he said to himself, good officer, him. Good officer. I'm like, oh, thanks, mate. Um, so it's just little things you do for them, and they remember it. And it's also good for dynamic security because they'll come and tell you. Um, there was one where my mate Ethan got he got shit up. Someone said shit off him and everything over Brad railings and um, obviously we all ran on then and locked the wing up and Ethan was in the um, server getting cleaned up. Um, and I was like, who did it? Who did it? And Ethan's like, I don't know because it just landed on me. So like, right, well, I found out who did it, you know, it was all a bit pumped up. And Ethan just went, Mark, I went, what? He said, is my hair all right? He's fucking shit everywhere and he's bothered about his pissing hair. <laughs> but that's how we cope. So um, let's say one of the prisoners who Ethan had helped a little bit and who was like, remembered that Ethan had helped him a little bit, just like dropped us a name. Uh, so we had to go up, uh, we, 
some people were getting kitted up, but the security manager at the time says, no, don't get kitted up. Like, what? He says, because we're going to show him. We're, not, we're fucking in charge and we're not getting kitted up. I'm doing it with our pieces covered. We'll go in as we are and show him. Uh, so, yeah, we went in. Um, um, cut a lamp story short, he got twisted up. Took that one sec. Um, after that, um, he started grassing people up. And they found like three thousands of pounds of drugs and um, phones and all kinds on the wing. He told us where it all was, and the, the uh, head of security, Danny, went on with his team, and he, well, everyone went on. I was on day off, so I missed out on that one. Um, they found loads of stuff, loads of stuff. It was hidden everywhere, um, and reflecting back on that, if everyone did. LBBs as I was taught and the staff on my wing did after that stuff wouldn't have got there because a lot of it was in there you know I told you when I, I didn't get 100% because I didn't check the eating system a lot of it that was packed with phones and drugs all that system uh, and I'm not criticising because you know people didn't get taught and whipped like I did <laughs> I didn't get whipped but yeah but yeah so it's um, yeah little things and we found it's 300 games in the press and everything that so many hundred thousand a pound were found in on a wing. Um, then we then we had that another officer who was dodgy, who was letting him cut an hole in the fence and doing sexual favours to prisoners. And yeah, we got caught eventually because prisoners always grasp bent, bent screws up in the end because. They get jealous because they're bringing it in for other people and they've not got any, so we'll crash it up. Put a letter in the box, crash it up. So any people listening to this who want to go on a job, they always catch it in the end. And then you're in prison and you're on the VP wing because people want to smash your head in because you're the prison officer. And even the VPs don't like you because you was a prison officer. So, yeah, think of that before you want to bring stuff in and make a few a few quid. Because you do at the beginning and then they've got you, so you're bringing it in for now then. So, yeah, please be beware, please, don't don't let that happen. A few of my uh, ex, I can't call them colleagues, but people I work with, who were doing time now. Uh, one got eight years. Another woman, the police knocked on the door, she was in a dressing gown in the prison. Prison had been released, sorry, yeah. We stood behind her, so, yeah. She got nicked. Uh, we've even had directors. They weren't bringing... Well, we don't know. But they were having a sexual relationship with prisoners, so... Goes to the top. Um, yeah. We, you get... I don't know if I mentioned it first, but you do get approached and... You've just got to... Like they say, security, if you get approached, report it. When they'll deal with it, don't just let it go. Um, on that, there was a couple of officers who were fuming one Christmas time that they'd not been paid properly. And they're like, oh, we can't afford our childcare because they've not paid me properly and blah, blah, blah. Oh, of course, these prisoners are here again. Next thing, they're bringing stuff in for these prisoners for a bit of money. So they'll get you in the end. Um, again, that was a, a prisoner. Let staff know where it was, so... 
they got nicked and the prisoners got nicked and moved out and they've lost a job. So they won't be able to afford a child mine and all while they're in prison, will they? Um, yeah. I mean, to be honest, at first, a lot of bent officers just got sacked because it's a private jail and they get fined if they have a, a bent officer. So, um, yeah, the money thing come into it then. But then we got, we got a governor, John Hewitson, come in and he's like, now, I'm having any bent officers will get charged. I want them charged, I don't care about that. I want them charged because, you know, other bent officers see that, oh, you only get a sack. So, no. So, John started charging them. Uh, police were taking them away. It's crazy. Crazy. I mean, people I, I worked with for ages and are respected and we'd got in a lot of... Um, seen all situations and got a lot of uh and it worked on his rig was it dead quiet and like wow he's proper got this so up turns out later years and years later it'd been bringing shit in for years and that's why he had a quiet wing because it, you know it was but yeah so it's you never know mate you just never know who it is um i'm lucky either way because that all my close colleagues are still have never, never been under suspicion or anything for stuff like that. Um, so yeah, we, yeah, that was good because then you, you knew everyone had everyone's back. They weren't gonna like, oh shit, better not get involved there, cause. So yeah, it's um, good. Um, yeah, lots. We had issues. The worst one was when. Because we had two VP wings on our slot too, uh, golf and hotel wing, and the management decided, which was good, it was good, I'm not criticising them, it was a good idea, but to move the VPs to our house block, because our wings were massive, they were taking two wings up over there, so they decided to move all the VPs from there over to our slot three onto Papa wing. Oh, did you? Shut up, man. So, uh, sorry, that was Missiri, or whatever she's called. Um, so we had to tell all the Papa Wing prisoners, which is four years or more, that they were moving to Golf and Hotel Wing. So they all knew that Golf and Hotel Wing was the VP Wing. <coughs> so we're not going there. We're not going there because I'm not sleeping on the same mattress as a, a VP. We nearly said the end, weren't the VPs, uh, we're not going on that wing, and then why are they coming on here? We were showering the cell, and we've got to go over there because I've got two and I've got one, didn't have showers in the cell. Uh, which you understood a little bit, but mate, you're in prison, you just do as you're told, really. Um, so, and we said, listen, we're getting new mattresses in there, and it's going to be all scrubbed out. And I'm like, there'll be no VP smell, don't worry. It's all getting cleaned out and it's all this, that and the other. Some of the lads are getting old, fair enough then. Um, it's a smaller wing as well, so it's it's better for everyone, in my opinion. So we was get, they were going over there, we were getting like 90 VPs onto Papa Wing. Um, so, but some of them would, that them, they, they was, no. If they were moving, we're going to have to move, you know, in fact, that's what they were saying. If you want us to move, you're going to have to come in here and move us. So, oh God. So, 
we had that for a bit and we were having to go in and kit it up and rag them out and um, we couldn't take them to SEG because there's like 66 prisoners and there was about 30 of them refusing so they're not going to be to SEG are they? So they get taken to the have a, well hotel, golf hard hotel wing and then put behind the door. Um, they've made the point, we've made our point so you know everyone's happy. But there was some that oh, proper put up a fight. So there was two, um, these two Mancunian brothers were in uh, a cell. So we got everyone, they got the free team. I was on my own wing, I didn't. Um, obviously, if they press the alarm, I'd have gone and helped them, but they didn't. They were going on kitted up, and three, three were going in, bang, bang, off you go. Um, so. They go to this cell and these two uh, Mancunian lads were there. And a lot of them didn't want to go because they were making some good money on the wing, you know what I mean? So they didn't want to... It's like, but you're going to have the same people on your wing, mate. What? I don't want to slap you. I just didn't get it, but... Um, but that was me trying to talk to him, but... It, so anyway, this tip, but there was two of them in a the cell, so it had to be six officers. You can imagine six officers, you know, however, the cell. It's got to be a bit crowded. These two lads did put up a fight, mate. They were proper, like, fighting. They won on the top bunk, so we couldn't rag him off. And he was punching shit out of everyone. And so the alarm went. So we all run on like we did, like we do, because it's our mates, it's our family that's getting attacked. So we all pile on. And as I'm running through, because we're next door. No, we're not next door, but one. So I'm running on, and he, these other officers were stood there, like newish officers, and they're all stood at the red fence. They weren't even going in to help, but the alarm had gone, so obviously they need help. So me being the dickhead, I just jumped in. It was like a big rugby scrum, and it went on for a bit. Um, and other officers jumped in. It wasn't just me. You know, I'm not bigging myself up. Don't need to. You get me? No money, kidding. Um, and we all eventually we got them. Um, a little bit of me was proud of them because they were manks. Only a little bit. <laughs> but we got them in the end. And as I come out, John Bratt was duty, duty manager, Oscar one. So <laughs> I come out from underneath all this big pile up. And Bratt says, what are you doing in there? I said, I was helping my, helping my mates. He said, well, why don't you get these to go in? I said, well, two things, mate. I'm not a manager. I can't tell them to do anything. And secondly... Why are you stood there watching? Why aren't you in there? And one of them said, because you were six in there, you know, like cocky. I said, yeah, but the alarm had gone, mate, which means they need help. He said, don't you talk to me like And Brad is like, Mark, go away. Yeah, I don't like people like that. I think they know it all. When actually, they're right, they were six in there, but they pressed the alarm. So they need help. So it doesn't matter if you're six in there, they're ten in there. If you press the alarm, they need help. They don't stand there watching. Idiots. Unfortunately, nowadays there's a lot of them like that. They'll just watch, and I'll I'll speak about that later on because I don't want to keep jumping and I'll get lost because uh, I'm getting on a bit. You get me? <laughs> get me cut. So uh, all the time stuff was going on. People would come up from reception, uh, from court, or from other prisons. Walk through the gates, start gobbing off because oh, it's private prison. Um, and we had to, we had to go to, 
the times we had to go into C&R, as soon as people walked through the gate, you wouldn't believe. Um, just mad, just trying to make the mark and thinking, you know, like these people you hear on the podcast, yeah, we went on the wing, we did it, yeah. You wouldn't come on our wing like that because we had um, policies, mate, and yeah. Um, so, yeah, apart from that one at the telefruit window, <laughs> that was... Uh, we tried to put a stop to it straight away, but obviously some of them bit the um carried it on in in the cells and the kicking and banging all night and stuff like that. Um one of them I was on nights and uh, was kicking the door and threatening and threatening me and threatening the other staff. So sometimes I get in a bit of a mood and a bit of a um speak before the think business. So uh, I went up to this door and I'm like, mate, shut the fuck up because people are trying to sleep. I said, at the end of the day, you're disturbing these lads here, so they're the ones that are going to smash it up. Not me. Not us. Because we can't come in your cell at night, we haven't got keys. That way you got to be off because you're the behind the door warrior and all this. Oh, fuck it. Uh, giving it out. I said, listen, mate. I finish my nights and I'm off for a week and I'll come back and then I'll come and speak to you see if you're so big and hard then when your door's open, all right. And I walked off thinking, oh, I shouldn't have done that, but yeah. yeah I've done it now, so off we went. Um, I came in the next day and I was doing the round on the way. I didn't have to look up my own wing then. We had to look after all four wings. Um, at the time, there were three of us, so it, it did it quite. So I'm walking out, obviously doing my own wing. So I can chat to lads and see what's going on and what's been going on in the day. Uh, and they get to this cell. And as I'm getting there, as I'm walking up, I'm talking to people through the doors. And as I get there, this note comes under the door. So oh, here we go. So we opened this note and he went, he's, oh my God, it was like a proper apology letter. Um, and I'm like, oh, okay, mate, what's brought this? And he said, well, some of the lads told us what you like on this wing. So uh, I thought I'd better apologise before you come back. I had no intention to go to see him when I come back. I just I lost my temper a little bit. Um, so that, and then a few days later, a couple of days later, he's kicking off again behind his door. I want some meds, I've got a headache and all that. So a lot of the time, if people just say, press the buzzer or when we walk past, go, oh, God, can you get us some paracetamol or something off the nurse? I'll go and do it. Because you've asked nicely, I'm not going to leave someone all night with a headache or whatever. Um, so I'll go and ask. Um, and a lot of the times, eventually, they'll get it. I mean, obviously, we've only got one nurse at, on night, so she's got the whole prison to be looking after. So, my God, them nurses do a brilliant job. Um, anyway, so he's kicking off, banging his door, demanding. And I'm like, mate, you won't get your paracetamol because technically... Only the nurse can give him in, but we can't open the door, really. He's like, oh, I've got this, and his legs were full of ulcers and shit, and he like, fuck. So, um, and he had some medical issue with his legs, and I can't remember what it was. So, I thought, shit. So, we have to go and get him the nurse. I'm going to have to get him the nurse. So, I get to see uh, the night man, the night Oscar one on, and the nurse. Can we come to the cell? He's kicking up. He's saying he's this thing on his leg. He's in pain and all that. And I know he's got this medical issue with his leg. And, you know, uh, so the night asker says, yeah, yeah, we'll come up. So come up with this. Um, 
and she opens the door and he's giving it out. So we're like, yeah, mate, don't talk to her like that. She's come to help you. And she's like, you, you fucking nurse, you don't know what it's like. Well, funny enough, this nurse has had the same issue with her legs. She's like, what do you just say to me? And I swear to God, we have to drag her away. She was going to kick his head in, this nurse, because he touched her nerve with her. Um, so she, yeah. But, uh, <coughs> yeah, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> okay, sorry about that. Oh, forgot where I was up to now. Um, wow. Oh, forgot. See what I mean about old age? Talking one minute, forget the next. Um, anyway, I'll pick up something else. Yeah, we were getting quite um, a few new officers coming through um, and they were coming onto our wing, so we, we were showing I They were getting shown by the others, obviously, they, like they told me, and I was, um, for some reason, the training staff thought I could mentor them. Um, so, yeah, we've got some new officers on. Um, on the wing, I didn't mentor them all, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that. Um, I caught Mad Claire, Paige, um, Lucy, come on the wing, um, Creda. You know, they all come, a lot of them come on because a lot of officers, when they graduated, came on to our flock three because we had such a diverse house block. So they were learning little bits of everything before they went on to the other house block. So we had like over four years, we had the short remand wing, we had detox wing and gradually we got the VP wing as well so everyone learned a bit of everything so they tried to uh, send most of the new staff onto house block 3 which is probably why we always had enough staff to run the house block at the time Um didn't last long because they were just sending them in at the deep end and straight away so they were even sending new officers to SEG and reception and TC because they needed staff. So all the places where you couldn't go to, you'd have two years experience, were just getting brand new offices. Don't get me wrong, some of them were good, but you know, you're going into them specialised places, you need a bit of experience, especially the segregation unit and reception. Uh, <laughs> bless all them people who think reception's an easy job because uh, anyone who's worked there will know the truth. Am I right, Lucy? Am I right, Paige? Am I right, Smithy? Am I right, Andy? So, Leon, so it's hard work. Um, and you still have, we have the detox people coming in, we have suicidal prisoners coming in, self-harmers coming in, fighting people who think they can take us on, people and scared people. We get them all in it. You get everything that comes in the jail has to be dealt with by reception staff first. Um, so, you know, a lot of people, oof, um, oh, I'll tell you about one later on, people who work there and all stride, will know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, he thought it was a bit of a Charlie Bronson, I think, but he's an idiot. Um, so yeah, we used to get them all in, and then used, most of them used to, so these new staff come in, and a lot of them learnt very quickly, um, because like I did, they had good people teaching them and so I used to have this and I said I used to say to these people, look, listen, just stick with me. Just 
just follow me about for the first few days and see what happens. And I said, as I was saying earlier, ask questions because if you don't know, ask because you'll be in a situation one day and you think, what do I mean? I should have asked. Ask me, I don't mind. I said, but do me a favour. I said, sometimes I'll go off and just leave me. Don't come with me because um, there might be things happening that you don't really need to learn yet. Um, so, and I had some good people and that I'd, I'd mentored, uh, yeah. Uh, I'll go into that later on because it's uh, quite a tall tale, really. Um, so, yeah, we had these um, people, yeah, Claire, Claire the Eyes. She was one of them coming our wing and uh, she just she just fitted in straight away. Uh, I'm not saying, yeah, she was an ex-squad here as well, but I'm not saying it's just because of that, it's just the way she was. She took nothing, you know, she had like proper boundaries and stuff like that. And uh, I remember once, I mean, I'd just like to say, I'd just like to throw this out there. <coughs> in 12 years I worked there, I never had a death in custody on my wing. Uh, on my shift, sorry. Uh, something I was quite proud of, really. Um, we'd, have, I'd have to cut, we'd have to cut a few down on my shift, and a lot of them, like, self-armed and stuff like that, and badly. But no one ever died on on a shift. I'm not saying it was me, by the way. I'm just saying I was lucky. Um, but, like, I don't know. He's one of them. Um, I was on lates on the Friday, so this lad come up. He'd been, he was a lifer. He'd been let out and he'd been recalled because he'd kicked off with his ex-wife and not kicked off with her, like, assaulted him, but kicked off outside the house and police had come and he got re-arrested and recalled, um, which is quite sad, really, but you know, you know the rules. So I got him back here, I put him in a cell on his own. There was no markers on him. He was not suicidal. They'd had the chat with him. He weren't gonna. He weren't suicidal. He didn't think of self harming or anything like that. He just like, oh, I'm back. I just just get on with it. So I locked him by his door, give him the talk and all that. But sometimes with these lifers, you don't have to give them the talk. They know. But I've just it's just automatic with new prisoners, really. So giving them the talk and all that and. Um, um, came in on Monday morning and he, he killed himself. Um, apparently the lad in the pad next door had heard him arguing with his wife. Um, I don't know how he got the number because it's quite strict in reception. If if they're in for assaulting the partners, then we don't put the phone number, we don't take the phone number on, we don't let them ring him. Obviously there's a case going on. It, so, so I don't know how he'd done it, but he ended up, the bloke next door could hear him shouting and bawling at this. Um, and he sat down, hung himself. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. And Claire was on nights. Um, Sunday night, did it, sorry. So we come in on Monday, and because they'd been a death in custody, the night staff was still there because they had to do the statements. Um, Claire gave a statement and she went, oh, I'm going home now. I'm like, oh, no, you not need to talk about it. She said, I was a medic in Afghanistan. I've seen worse than that. I'm going home. And she just went home. So, like, yes. You know, she was that what kind of person she was. Um, she, it's not like she didn't care. What she was saying is, she, like, if that was me, I'd be a bit affected by it if I found him. 
But um, she, not saying she didn't care, she just, it didn't affect her because she'd seen more worse things. Um, yeah, good girl, Claire, what loads of time for her. Uh, and she had such beautiful eyes. <laughs> Sorry, Claire. Um, yeah, so that was going on. Um, we had the time me and Claire, I don't know if I mentioned that in the last one, probably did. When we went in a cell and this bloke was sat on the bed and we got him up and he was shit loads of drugs under his arse. Very. For some reason, I don't, I don't think he thought we'd make him stand up. <laughs> Idiot. So, yeah, it was... Um, oh, we have to do it all the time. People... Ugh. I don't... This is horrible, but I'll tell you anyway. I've only ever seen... Or witnessed, not actually happened, but the aftermath of uh, a spooning. That's where a prisoner comes up, packed up, but the other prisoners find out about it, so they go in his cell, drop his kecks and shove spoons and all things up his ass to get the drugs out. Um, oh, it was horrendous. I went to the cell dorm and I was seeing a lot of stuff, bad stuff, but that was just the worst thing ever. Um, I don't want to, people who have never worked at it, if they're listening to this, they never worked at a prison, don't want to know. I'm not going to tell you what it was like, but it was horrendous. Um, yeah, it was, oh God. I'll tell you how bad it was. I had one prisoner, uh, I, if I mentioned it previously, but at the time when they had meds, they had to put a torch in the mouth to check so this lad was on methadone, which everyone, well, I think most people know, they've got to drink it. <coughs> so I don't know how they do it, but some of them will drink it, but they won't swallow it all the way down for some reason. I don't know. So people like that, we don't check as much because we we know they've got to drink it. We're right, stood right next to you, you know, you can see them swallowing it. So um, it's what I thought. But again, another lesson learned. Um, oh, you're learning all the time, especially on that detox wing. Where um, one of the other, co I was still in the meds actually, one of my other colleagues were doing the walk, as we did. And it's like for, for these um, detoxes in this lad's wing pad. So I've said it before, the rule is you can have yourself prisoner and one in your, your pad, that's it. Uh, rule we stuck to quite rigidly at the time, but uh, <laughs> um, and they go in and this fucking this tramp, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't know, but I brought this methadone back up into his sink, and all these little rats were grabbing it and putting it in the mouths like, oh. um, he ended up working at kitchens, uh, the was when I would not go for food from the kitchens for a while. I knew that tramp had been in it. Um, so, yeah. Um, another time, this idiot was... Uh, I was in med... No, I wasn't... No. Someone else was in meds. And uh, these, these two brothers were on the wing. God, they were in and out as well. And one of them tried to pouch his meds. Well, we ran upstairs, 
to your arm got pressed by the nurse. When we ran upstairs, his brother started kicking off with someone, started fighting with him, like trying to distract us. But no. So we just left him. And then obviously all the other staff come on then because the alarm had gone. So we got upstairs and we just were like, right. And we, these three was there and we, we stood in bar and we're like, right, have you got drugs? And he's like, no. And he dropped his kecks, like all he had always his tractor bottom, bottoms, took his top off, which we thought meant he was going to fight. And then he just dropped his kegs and he stood there bollock naked like that with his hands out. said, I haven't got any fucking drugs. I took him. He looked at the nurse and said, what, you what? what are you praying? He said, he hasn't took him. And he, so we searched him, got his gob open and he had um, like a tooth that needed filling and he'd put him in there. But he stood there, stark bollock naked. He's like, I, I, I don't know where it comes from. I just said, mate, look at all the nurses laughing at you, little Willie. <laughs> so yeah, they, they try all kinds of distraction, started distract one lad, he did it, and then we went up, um, I was on with a bit of a madhead then as well, we, it was a Saturday and it, every now and again we ended up with just one Mike Wing staff on a Saturday so we had to have someone else on, but he was a bit a dead experienced but a bit of a, a madhead, so um we got we ran upstairs and this lad's like fucking stood against the wall. Like, oh God's sake, here we go. And then a fire alarm went off on the wing. So this experienced officer said to me, "Stay here, Matt." He said it's probably one of your little mates, isn't it? Kicking off so he can get your drugs out. He said, "Well, it ain't gonna happen, mate. Drop him. We're strip searching you." He's like, "You can't do that. There's women here." I said, "Yeah, the nurses, mate." He said, the nurses, they've seen it all. Strip search. And he's like, fucking like that. I said, he's like, if you don't strip search, babe, we're going to fucking drop you. Um, and then we'll find it anyway, so your choice. So he's like, and he put, as he pulled his kecks out, all these fucking tablets come flying out. Like, right, you're nicked. <laughs> so, yeah, they'll try all kinds to get the drugs, because they'll make money out of it. And here's my care inside coming out. To be honest, since they stopped giving them drugs at night, people, some of these lads like who are on diazes and stuff like that to get them to sleep, they're getting them at four o'clock. So they're going back to the cells, falling asleep, and then they're up at three or four o'clock in the morning, wide awake. Where before, when we give them at night, it helps them through the night. So I kind of, I don't care now because people can't call me a mad ass. Um, I kind of got it for them, some of them. And some of them did say, when I caught them, like, Mark, it's because it's too early. I'm like, mate, I get it, but I can't, can't let you... I mean, God help me if I'd have said yes to him and someone else found out, that'd be it. I'd love to have said, go on then, mate, fuck it. But I can't, it's just no. Um, same, we had one who was epileptic. So every day... We let him in first for his meds because he had to have them at a certain time every day. Uh, but on a Saturday, for some reason, the, the healthcare, not the nurses, bless them, I never criticise the nurses, their bosses decided to have meds later on a Saturday. So what happens then? Every Saturday, this lad has an epileptic fit waiting for his meds. It's like, what the fucking hell, man? 
So we we put them on an app and we had a big meeting and it's like they um, agreed to come on the wing early to give him just him his meds early so he don't have a fit. Um, and there's another one. He was so thankful we started that out for him that he was like proper good and he was. Um, The cleaner, we gave him a job because he was OCD. Oh, I've never seen the. I probably said this in the previous one, but there were, the stairs and the railings were so clean because he used to scrub them every day because that was his thing. He couldn't stand the, the dust and shit on the railings. And we used to be like, you just do it every other day. No, there's dust on him and he did them every day. It was brilliant. And I think. Every time he come in, whatever wing he went on, he got to clean his job because he was that OCD about cleaning everything. They let him have a job. Apparently, he's in for attempted murder now, so I don't know what went on there because he weren't that type. Um, he was a drug user. Um, but, yeah, he was... Uh, yeah. But, yeah, some of them uh, epilepsy people we had, we all used to have... We used one lad... He was massive, honestly, I'm not lying, he was massive, like proper. And he used to have the most horrendous um, epileptic fits. I mean, proper, like, I don't know what, like the worst type. He was in healthcare a lot, uh, going to um, hospital a lot because of him. Um, and one day he had this massive fit down in healthcare. Um, and me being a money grabber, I said, yeah, yeah. They asked me if I'd do the uh, escort. I'm like, yeah, I knew it was going to be a late night because this was like late on. Um, so I did, yeah. So anyway, he's having these little fits for like regular fits. Um, I've seen him once having a fit and then this one of the nurses, younger nurses went in and uh, he was coming round but he still managed to look at the nurse's bum as she walked past. But, <laughs> but uh, anyway, he had, and we got him in the ambulance <coughs> and the rules is, with a cat B prisoner, you have to be cut. They have to be cuffed to an officer, like double cuffed. But we're like, but if he has a fit in, the, if I'm cuffed to him and he has a fit in this ambulance, I'm going to be smashed against the roof and I'm going to get proper smashed up. So the nurses who have got like a bit of authority say, well, we'd prefer it if he was cuffed to the chain, just in case. But we had this. Um, Proper by the book, governor on, beauty governor on, like Victor two governor. And uh, she comes down, so we put this to her and she said, Nope, it's cat me prisoner, he's going to be double cuffed to you. I'm like, But you've got a duty of care to look after me as well. And if he goes into one of his fits and I'm double cuffed to him, I'm probably going to get injured. Don't care, that's the rules. Like, oh, that summed it up for me when she said, I don't care. Uh, fortunately, he didn't have a, um, any epileptic fit on the way to hospital. Um, and we was only there a few hours till he come round, so. But yeah, it just shows some of the governors, they didn't care about us. Uh, as long as she's followed the rules so she don't get in trouble. Um, I don't give a shit if I get injured. Uh, oh, I could tell you a story about an ambulance. Um, no, I won't. Um, it's one of them. I was actually at home in bed. Um, this is why I switched my phone up when I went to bed from then on. My phone went 
and it was the the duty Oscar one, the night Oscar one. He's like, Mark, I'm sorry to ring you at home. He said, is there any chance he could come in and do me an hospital escort? This lad's slashed his throat. So, so I'm like, I worked. And he said, I'll pay you for a full night shift. It was like 10 o'clock in the morning. Which is how greedy I was at the time. So uh, I uh, I drove up there. It takes me 40 minutes to get there. So I'm like, I could have bled to death by then. But obviously the nurses had padded him up and shit. So... I got there and I knew this prisoner. So I'm like, oh, fuck me, what have you done? And he's like, all I asked for was a Rizzler. And he, they weren't giving me a Rizzler, so this is just what he did, self-harm. And this is what I'm saying about Jobsworth. It's a Rizzler, mate. You can check there's nothing on it and pass him a little Rizzler and then everyone has a quiet night. He's not cut his throat, he's not nearly died. Do you know what I mean? Little things like that, it's, it's just preposterous. I mean, obviously, if you said, pass me some burning, we're like, nah, mate. Because it could be anything in it. Or the best one was, new oh, pass it to the newspaper, go. Uh, yeah, yeah, but I'm going to check it. Oh, well, it don't matter, because there's something in it. You know what I mean? So you're not going to pack, you know, or, or pass it to the tea bag. Yeah, of course, mate, there's stuff in that. Fuck up, you know. But a Rizzler, come on. And it saved a lot of shit. But anyway, this night staff won't give him one, so he slashed his throat. And it proper slashed, I'm not like a little scratch. So we <laughs> get to hospital and uh, we're having a bit of banter in the thing because you try that to keep the mind off it. So we get into resource because it was that bad, he had to go into resource. Uh, and he's a drug user and they're trying to find a vein. And they couldn't even find a vein. Well, they, so this doctor says, we'll try the groin. So, I'm thinking, what? I didn't know they could do it in the van, but that's why I was thinking, what? So, the doctor's down at his groin, trying to feel for a vein, and this prisoner just sat up and said, Doctor? So the doctor said, yes. He says, I've been in prison eight years. I wouldn't go down there if I were you. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and the doctor's like, oh, yeah, never thought of that, and pulled out, and then they ended up putting one in his foot. Um but yeah, I was there, so the nights finish at six. So you usually give them a bit of time for the day staff to come in and then for them to get to the hospital and, you know, it was about an hour. So I'm sat there and I'm with this other member of staff who was on nights as well. But she was in the next night, I wasn't. So um, eight o'clock comes, nine o'clock, still no staff, so I'm like, yeah, I'll give him the phone. So I rang, and they're like, oh, we fought you today. I said, well, you fought wrong. I hate that when they assume I'll stay. And I said, this girl, it was a girl, and this young lady here wants to get on because she's on nights tonight. So you need to get someone out to us. Oh, well, okay. And, and they did eventually, but I didn't go home till like 11 o'clock. Um, but I thought, oh, I'm getting paid till 11 o'clock, so greedy ass. Um Next payday, psh, not paid me. Went fucking mad. I went proper mad. And I told this bloke who was night Oscar, don't ever ask me to come in again, you dickhead, you've not paid me. Um, I went to Mel, she was my manager at the time, and I got paid 24 hours, so I was like, and we got time and a half in them days. 
So, yeah, it, was, it worked out all right. But the thing is, again, you think you're shit. As long as you've got it covered, they don't they didn't even put it in the books that I'd come in. Two o'clock in the morning till 10 o'clock in the afternoon, uh, morning. And then assuming I'd stay. Well, maybe I would have stayed, but what about the other girl who's on tonight? Um, yeah, so... And she had to come in for the night shift. They wouldn't even let her have that off. Till the, just one night off, because she'd been there all night. But... When he said that to the doctor, I thought, oh, oh, that was well good. Well funny. I, I actually was pissing myself in the middle of resource. Couldn't help it. Um, and then we had... He couldn't keep still in the... Um, scanner, I had to have a scanner and he wouldn't keep still in that. So we had to say, listen, mate, keep still. I'm tired and I'm not... I'll rip you out of there and restrain you, mate. I'm not bothered. He can't. Because I'm bleeding, so if you watch, just knackered then. So, anyway, he, he, um, yeah, he settled down, had his scan and everything. And I'm trying to look at the scan and see what it's. And I didn't have a clue, I don't know how they find this stuff out on the scan. Um, but yeah, it was alright, came back to prison. It was in a, a, I think it was in overnight, oh, that day, and he came back later on that day. Um, I put a packet of Rizzler in his pad. <laughs> I didn't. No, anyone listening upstairs, I didn't. But yeah, what my point is on that as well, yes, we can't give, we don't pass prison stuff at night, but sometimes you just got to use your common sense. You know, Rizzle, man. It's not like, you've got it in your hand, you can check it. I mean, nowadays you wouldn't, um, because of the man because he's spraying it on paper. But back in the, yeah, I'm going back six, seven years ago, no such thing as Mamba, and it was a, a Rizzle paper. So it it cost two ambulance drivers, an ambulance, two members of staff to come out, all the doctors and nurses have to deal with him um, for a Rizzler, just never on. Um, so yeah, it's um, that's how it is sometimes. Some buy the book, um, jobs with, cause all that issues for a Rizzler. Um, I'd have ripped their ass out if I was the manager that night. Uh, but they don't care. Oh, well, I did my job. Yeah, but in real terms, how much money does that cost? Because you won't give someone a Rizzler. It's a Rizzler. I'm sorry, it still upsets me now when it was years ago. So uh, that's it. Um, I'm going to big up the Tattoo HQ girls again. Have a dead buzzing tattoo and a good laugh when you're having it. Ooh, big up to Polly. Laters.